When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yermin Son, from inside his own half, has scored one of the best goals of his Hello, and welcome to another New Space Order pod. Get straight into it, I'll be your host, X-Pac. I'll be joined again by two lovely guests. First up, Scott Hall. How you doing? Hey man, I'm back. Uh, I still haven't watched the Spurs game in a while. Actually, the last one I watched was AC Milan. As you can see, people, I'm glowing. There's a smile to my life. Life seems so much simpler. Now mm. that I've put aside the dross that was causing me problems. These are good times. I've got, I've got United on in the background. Just so And uh, was Ant-Man a good watch as well? I still haven't seen it. So I don't that's what you were watching during the Spurs game. Well, that's no, no, no. I was watching the other Ant Man, the Wasp. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, oh, I like the Wasp. So I'm, I'm gonna watch Ant Man hopefully this week and Creed Freeze out this week. So get some boxing on, I mean, because yeah. I'm not watching what you man are watching. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, Booker T, how are you doing, man? Yo, Owen, what's going on, brother? Uh, always good, always good to be on with you guys, and yeah, um, thanks for having me on today after a decent win on the weekend. Yeah, you were at the game as well, weren't you? Yeah, bro, yeah, I was. Um, nice, nice, nice. So, I guess I'll start with you then. Um, well, I'll say coming off against the game against West Ham on the weekend, we only have one game this week, thankfully. This is when we tend to perform just a little bit better going into it. It was a must-win. I've got to say, like we would have gone fourth had we won this game. So coming into it, what did you think when the lineups were announced and you saw the wingbacks and Son dropped, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yeah, I, it was mixed. I ain't gonna lie, it was mixed. Um, I didn't see anything, anything coming from those wingbacks. I can't, I can't lie to you. Against you know, I'll I'll be open and say it against 18th in the league. I just didn't think that we were set up positively enough to to take on a team who are in poor form, especially away from home. Um, I just I just didn't see why we, you know, I mentioned in the group, you know, my thoughts, and I don't really like to speak on lineups too tough, but more so just in terms of our tactical setup. I kind of felt that where we were limited in our midfielders because um, we had no Benten and Hoiberg was suspended. Oh, no, no Hoiberg returned. Um, if we had gone with those two fullbacks, we basically were looking at a back seven, which is like, we're kind of defensive-minded, to be honest with you. And I was kind of of the mindset that if you're going to have at least one fullback that's defensive, then you might as well have another outlet in, say, a Poro to kind of give you something different. Uh, from fullback, and that could maybe possibly push um, Kulisevsky infield. Um, so initially, I was like, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't 
like I've been at most games, to be honest, in this last sort of few months, I really just didn't know what to expect. Um, but I was happy. I was actually happy to see Son um, out of the team. Um, I feel like he needs to be dropped. Um, it's been coming for a little while. And it's good for Richarlison, who at the moment is absolutely starving for something um, to get a start. Cool, cool. And I'm not sure if you saw uh, the lineup as well at the time, Yao, but is there was there any thoughts on that kind of at the time just uh, before we ended up playing? I saw the lineup. It's the best we could do, isn't it? We are at that point, yeah, where where what like like what, like, what are you what are you gonna do with the lineup? I, I hear people say, oh, yeah, Porro could have started. But I'm like, bruv, <laughs> like, we're arguing about who could start at fullback. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even looking at the team and thinking, yeah, this team can win. We're actually arguing <laughs> as to who can start to to hopefully get us a win. So, um, yeah, I saw the lineup and I was like, boy, you know, the, I think the one thing that did make me happy at the same time sad was um, I was happy that someone was on the bench. He deserves to be on the bench. He has no right starting um, week in, week out with the absolute horrendous showing that he's given us. Um, and if I'm being honest here, I didn't want Richarlison starting at left wing. Like For me, it would have been far more... I would have understood better if it was Dan Juma. So I don't I don't understand. I, I don't even know why we bought him. I don't know why I don't I mean bought him, got him alone. I don't even know why we got him. Because I'm like, we got this guy. He's actually a winger or can play that role. Yeah. He's not afraid of taking on man. And yet we got him the bench for Richarlison, who's not comfortable in that position. Much. We're going to speak on Richardson. You know, he's much more comfortable in the in the nine. Mm, mm, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll speak on this. We'll speak on this. It's a bit harsh, you know. But like I said, very glad that Son was on the bench. Obviously, came off the bench, got his goal. I did see the highlights because um, that's the most I'll give to Spurs right now. Um, and I hope this continues for Son. I hope he remains on the bench. And comes off the bench uh, as the impact player he's supposed to be. Cool, cool. Um, so just to take us through that first half, then uh, tops. Yeah, I mean West Ham are quite a poor team. They've got a lot of injuries. I mean they're in the relegation <laughs> zone as well. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that said, how did you feel like we kind of started the game? Oh, it was a. I'm not gonna lie. It was a. It was an extremely cagey first half. Um, when I look at it tactically, I think. So there's like there's like a couple of things that I kind of in my mind before the game that I was like, mm, I wasn't really sure how they were gonna approach it, because this season West Ham, although they're 18th, you know they are creating decent amount of chances for themselves. Like I'm talking about high xG chances for themselves, and a lot of their issues this season have really come from their inability to be just to just be clinical to just be clinical and take the chances that fall to them that fall to Bowen fall to Skamaka fall to Antonio when they've when they've when they've come so to be honest with you I was a little bit surprised but also I wasn't when I saw the team because I felt he was almost setting up in a way to match us and I feel like teams who have got something out of games against Spurs this season have actually cleverly matched us uh, in our tact in our tactical approach, um, in many respects, the first half was cagey. Like it was actually quite interesting because there was a lot of ball. Well, they started the game with a couple chances that I kind of felt that we could have had better control of. But then once those chances had passed, it was almost as if they were quite happy for us to have the ball in in their defensive third. Uh, it was actually quite good to see us keeping the ball in somewhat decent amount of possession, recycling it from back to front, um, side to side, using Emerson, you know, in this new kind of role where he kind of finds himself infield, Kulu on the right, um, and lots of kind of decent link-ups between 
um, Richarlison and some of the midfielders or Kane and some of the midfielders. It just felt though that like one, I don't think I don't think it was dynamic enough, uh, which is why which is why I felt West Ham were able to really sit in, um, and a lot of a lot of our sort of play came through the middle of the pitch, which I think they dealt with quite well. I think Declan Rice is very astute at the shuttling, the covering, the crossing. Um, you know, being in in those sort of middle areas to kind of stifle teams. Um, and I think our first effort on goal came in like the 35th minute or 26th minute from Hoiberg, which was, yeah, from, which was from long range. I remember you pinned in the chat saying, yeah, shot on target, bingo. That's, yeah, uh, which shot. was from range. So in many nice. respects, it looked <laughs> like, you know, how they had tactically set up to play us was kind of, it kind of worked. Um, you know, they went into the half nil-nil. I just felt that we just needed to be a little bit more dynamic, um, a little bit more combinations in, in the attacking third, considering they'd actually let us kind of play in the attacking third. Like, we haven't seen us play that much this season, really, in other teams' attacking third, especially at home in first halves. So, going into the first half, whilst it wasn't bad or disappointing, it wasn't exactly um, anything to write home about. And like we always do, I just kind of hoped that second half would, would improve. What was the, the Boo Decibel counter like at half-time? Was there oh, no, the Boo Decibel counter was low slash non-existent. Like, I, mean, I don't think it was... Do you know what? Some, sometimes I always think as well that like in the league, there's lots of London derbies and there's only a few that you know generally Spurs fans actually kind of care about. And in the, in the pecking order, like this has kind of gone down. Even though it's important, as it's as important as Arsenal and Chelsea... It's kind of gone down a pecking order, and considering we have actually kind of beat them recently in in number of games at home, and them not doing too well, uh, it, I don't think it was like based on how they set up. I don't think it would be like too upsetting for us to go into the half nil nil, considering that we had created some stuff, just not really much, um, in my opinion. That's fair. Um, yeah, it was a shaky 10 minutes, like you say, in particular from um, Ollie Skip, who ended up even getting himself books, but he really grew into the game. I felt uh, Skip and Hoy Bia's attributes actually complemented each other well, which is why I was thinking before the game that I would probably have just given Skip the nod ahead of Saar, just because I think Skip's a bit more defensively kind of switched on. That's just more his game. He is better off the ball than he is on it, to be fair. So to give the legs, um, to give Hoybjerg a bit more of a platform to try and affect the midfield is always going to be useful. Um, I thought we obviously attacked too slowly, but Romero was really good at helping us sustain pressure. He kept on winning the ball back half of the pitch. He looked more like his old self. I think Kulizewski looked more like his old self, although he wasn't great. Uh, but his first touch and his dribbling looked a bit more tight. Like it just looked more tidier. Whereas in the last few weeks, like his first touch had been five yards in front of him. His dribbling was heavy. If he just added that that better cross and final pass, he I think he would have had a great game. And, um, yeah, Kane was hustling and dropping in quite nicely. It just seemed like as we were attacking so slowly, all the openings were coming to our wing-backs, who I felt were probably too limited in that half to actually affect the game, even though Ben Davis was hustling well. Positionally, he was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's, Emerson it's, Royale it's, the same on the other side. Like, sometimes in these kind of games, you're just like... How can I put it? Like, when you're looking at the way that we are building, from a like a how can I put it? From a wider perspective, you're hoping that because of of Conte's style, it's going to affect our play in a way that it's going to find positions that the fullbacks can get into, in order to create goal scoring opportunities, chances, etc. But sometimes I feel that because of the way that these two guys play it actually can be kind of difficult to really get that from them. Uh, Davies has never really been someone as a left wing-back. I mean, I, I actually don't think he's actually played as left wing. Maybe, maybe once or twice under Conte. He, as yeah, an actual, he played there last season. Yeah, he as an actual left wing when we were chasing games. Exactly. And 
then mm-hmm. Emerson, I mean, we all know that, you know, his defensive his defensive attributes are positive, whilst his attacking attributes are basically non-existent. And so, minus so it's just sometimes it's kind of difficult because in this kind of game, when you know a team is actually happy to sit and they're ex- very happy to to be extremely narrow and they want everything to be centric, sort of focused in terms of defending, you kind of hope as well, like especially with how wide Kulu was playing as well, that maybe one of the one or all both fullbacks would try and maybe open them up to try pull those defenders into spaces that they don't want to really that they don't want to be in make them in like uncomfortable positions but in that first half i don't know it just didn't whilst i said we lot we i do feel like we had a decent amount of ball but when we got into these areas it was either a quick reverse pass back to recycle it around to the other the other side or it was an interchange between like the, the fullback and the winger to then recycle it back into the middle. And actually, there were not really many moments um, that we got into that kind of pushed Emerson, Palmieri, or pushed Kufal, who actually, both of them, I thought, done okay for the first for the first half as well, actually. Like, I think Agurd as well, he played quite well in that first half. He really tightened up a lot of the spaces that Kane was going into, tightened up a lot of the spaces that Richarlison would try and fall into and was actually very good at mopping up lots of different things that came as a result of, of us trying to build um, through those middle areas, really. Mm. And uh, yeah, even just before half time as well, like Kane played really nice ball over to Richarlison. Her, I, I thought at the time he could have just plucked that out the air and hit it um, mm-hmm. straight away, but he he came and let it bounce and then um, managed to get a shot in at a tight angle against Fabianski, which was saved. Um, which was a, a kind of best chance of the half, maybe. Um, it was pretty much our only good chance of the half. Um, so coming into the second, um, we scored quite soon after the whistle. I think it only took us like 10 minutes to score. We um, just got the front foot a bit quicker. And yeah, it, it turns out with... Um, the wingbacks looking to end up on the end of most of the openings or that's where the game was kind of playing out. Um, that's what the game was planning out to be. Um, we pretty much scored our goal from that. Uh, yeah, what did you make of of that goal? And yes, that is a pretty loaded question. It's cheeky. Um, you're gonna have to give a compliment to someone. I do have to give a compliment. That's what. That's what. Yeah, speak, y'all, speak. <laughs> hey, the ball, the ball from Hoisin. Nah, nah, I'll be nice. I'll, I'll give him his real name. Hoibier. It was a great ball. It was an absolutely great ball. Um, Davis run was great, but yeah, I'll be honest with you, it was a bit of a weird one to see develop because although Davis is very notorious for making those sort of runs, I. I, I generally don't... This is going to sound like I'm insulting the pass, and I don't. I'm not. But I don't think the pass was meant for him to come in like that. I think the pass was meant for him to run onto it, heading forward towards goal. But the ball seemed to slow down, which aided Davis to cut in a bit more and take his touch. I'm going to be brutal on Davis, yeah? If I'm being honest with you, I don't think his first touch was deliberate. I think he makes a mistake and it aids him in looking up and realising, oh, Emerson's coming into space and he just passes it on because that first touch wasn't convincing. The ball was great. The first touch looked like, ah, I'm I'm even shocked that the ball's got here. Takes a touch, gives a very good lay. Like, honestly, the lay was perfect, but I'm giving the biggest compliments to Emerson. That side foot finish was cultured. And this boy doesn't have a cultured bone in him. But, as we found out, he's obviously going to be a father. Which, to me, feels like this is the time in his life where he can finally be responsible. And that's what that goal was. It was about responsibility in handling your business. I hope he goes on to develop this responsibility and flourish as a young man. Because up until this point, he's been a useless adolescent in our team. Absolutely useless. These past few weeks 
have been insane from him though. Well, this this is what should happen when you turn when you become a father. You start to realize that taxes are serious. Uh, you have to pay a lot of uh, money in nappies and you know milk. And I'm I'm hoping that he we don't see another Emerson compilation of him dancing unless we've won uh, ever again. Um, like I said, the finish was fantastic. It really was a very good, well organized move. The saddest thing about Spurs is this is what Conte system, and everybody says this when it happens, but this is what Conte system is supposed to provide. It's supposed to provide another attacking option from the wing backs, I suppose, and on top of the attacking options from the forwards. Yeah, that hasn't happened. <laughs> and for the most part, it's because of the personnel we have. They're not capable of doing that. Um, but that was actually the best example of what Conte system would like it to be um with that being said uh i'd still sell hoibier like today um i'd give emerson nine months you know uh you know the length of time it takes to cook a baby um i think emerson deserves nine months so that you know he can save some money before we ship him off uh and i want conte sacked like I, I, i'm at that point people i'm done okay i don't give a flying crap about his stomach issues get him out yeah like i've had it i want him sacked i want levy deleted and i want enoch completely obliterated off the face of this planet if i could lift enoch and dash them to pluto i'll do it right now i want these three pieces of rubbish mold i want them out of my club Damn. can't even spray uh, them away the who, who do you want to replace conte again huh who do you want to replace conte Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's that's who I would like to replace Conte because only Jesus and, and the way of the Lord can protect us from the sins of this club. Yeah, we are being absolutely ridiculed. If I had to pick a manager in today's game, I know people are going to say the Brighton manager. I'm like, he's going nowhere. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest with you. I'll take a, a, a stab at, um, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. The guy from River Plate. Gallardo. Uh, Gallardo. That's oh, God. I'll take a stab at him. I'll take a stab at him. What, what, like, I'll take a stab at him and, and have no hopes for the season. Because I'm telling you, you know what's going to happen, right? Season's done. They're going to leave it about a week or so. Conte leaves Spurs. A week later, the return. Mauricio Pochettino. I'm telling you, it's 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 actually written. And do you know what they're going to culminate all of that with? Eric Dyer signs an extension for four more years. Oh my God! United two one. God. Yeah, I just seen it. Can't relate. Not watching that shoddy game. If you see me kind of looking over, I'm still watching the Stad Renee game for the Jed Spence watch. Um, it's been mostly passing the test so far on course for another clean sheet so we'll see how that goes um, fair enough on the Gallardo shout Tops I was um, just looking to close out I guess the second half obviously we made it 2-0 with Sun coming off the bench and yeah it was um, a pretty normal came to Sun goal and I guess a good end to our performance. But what did you yeah, make I mean, at the time? I mean, it was, it was like <clears throat> the good thing, the good thing that I will like take from that is that like, it's, it's, do you know what? Sometimes like football such a strange game because I feel like competition it does something to players. I, I don't know what it does. It does something to players that almost forces them to approach the game differently in the sense that you look at like Porro being signed and Emerson all of a sudden is kicked up a notch in his performances. Mm. You look at the chances that Saar has now been given because Basuma has obviously been ruled out and obviously Ben 10 long-term and you look at the kind of performance that he's put in. And then even as much as being, you know, basically being near garbage all season, 
having one game now to really just take a rest. And Richarlison, who unfortunately wasn't amazing in that game, um, you now have a situation where he comes on and he does something extremely positive, something that's very similar or akin to what he is used to doing. You know, that movement where he's waiting or feeding off that second ball. He's off the last man. He needs one touch, which is almost automatic to get out into his feet whilst in stride and a second touch to finish it, which we absolutely know he's able, he's capable of doing. So it's just like, I don't know, like I almost, I'm, I'm, I'm almost inclined to be like, we need something like this for Son moving forward. Maybe he has to be someone who comes on because I, I mean, I, Again, you know, and I hate to be hypercritical because I don't really want to be to my own players, but, you know, outside of his goal in that game, all the things that I remember him not being able to do very well, I all of a sudden, all of a sudden started seeing his ability in build-up, his ability to hold the ball, his ability back to goal, like lots of different things. He lost the ball like three or four times in defensive areas for us, like, where he either miscontrolled or took on too many players or just made the wrong pass. Like, so I'm, I'm digressing. But with regards to the second half, it was definitely more dynamic. Um, I felt like one thing I was really impressed by was our ability to... What, what's the term I want to use? To time our press. Um, I felt like we are although we're not like a super high-pressing team, I feel like the attackers need to do it more often. And when they do it, it actually works. So there was a couple of moments in the second half whereby Kulu initiated his press once the uh, once the left centre-back um, received the ball. By him winning the ball, it then proceeded to have Kane press his central centre-back, which he was able to then do. And then they were able to then build on some sort of attack or some sort of transition on the West Ham team. And that actually happened a number of different times as well. Like the amount of times that I saw Kulu running with the ball in transition after after we've pressed him in different areas was positive. Mm. So actually, like, that kind of impressed me. And like another thing I also kind of feel at the moment as well is that like these second half performances, I can't really put my finger on it. I can't really put my finger on it in the sense that is it mentality? Is it fitness? Is it... Um, the guys just having something switch on in their heads to make to make them feel like okay, now we can do something because you know it's literally got to the point where our first half and second half performances this season have been day and night. And once that second goal went in, it was pretty much game over in my opinion. I mean, it was uh, it was good. The crowd were, were were very much behind the team after that second goal as well. Um, and it kind of just, the game kind of just sauntered out. West Ham didn't really offer much um, in the end, considering where they are in the league and, you know, how important a result it could have been to them. Uh, yeah. Um, one thing that impressed me and uh, something you just alluded to as well um, is just us going back to basics in terms of defending in numbers as well. Like you, um, like you just said, like we did turn the ball over as a result of trying to be a bit riskier and more dynamic um, quite a few times, especially when we were trying to get the automations off. But I'm seeing uh, defensive midfielders protecting our centre-backs well, our wing-backs were up and down and full of energy, um, especially down that left-hand side, um, until Ben Davis actually went off for Perisic. And I don't want to talk too much on that Perisic coming out because, my God, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so bad. He conceded enough. He probably conceded more set pieces than we conceded in the whole game prior to Ivan Parasic even coming on. It was insane. Um, yeah, yeah, just being able to chase back in numbers and just block passing lanes, block shooting opportunities. Like it's, it's, it was just the basics which I just didn't see against Leicester. And we, we left ourselves way too exposed. So, yeah, fair play to that. And just to kind of close out that game, and I want to tie this into this uh, Chelsea preview. Mm -hmm. 
especially with this being next game. What did you think of Richarlison's performance? Oh, good, good, because... good, 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 good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy that you. Uh... A lot of people are speaking on him. This. I'm happy you raised this. Yao, take this, please, brother. I only saw the highlights, um, but from what I could see of the highlights, he did make some very good runs. Um, what I will say is for the chance that Kane created, two things. I need Kane to reduce the amount of Hollywood balls he's trying to do in, in life. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen, man. If it doesn't happen, then then I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to increase the level of violence I have towards him. He was uh, guilty of that quite a lot in the first half, I've got to say. The ball to Richarlison, I thought was a good ball. I think with a little bit more confidence, he tries to take that on first time. Um, but coming back from injury and having a stop-start season, he let the ball bounce and it kind of went away from him, but he still managed to recycle a chance. The kid has good mentality. Uh, like one thing I, I can't fault him on is that he actually has a very good mentality. And to have from the highlights, like I said, I'm not going off 90 minutes of watching, but from the highlights to have a good to decent enough performance. Yeah, fine against West Ham, but it's still in a London derby. Um, for me, should build up not only confidence, but build up his his belief in himself moving forward still hasn't got a goal listen i mean i i i, I don't know what what are we saying there like uh we are what um in the league now we are game week 24 this man cost 60 million pounds and i have seen no goals i it's need in... goals i, 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 I to I, contextualize sorry, no... it a little bit though just he's been injured for half People, this was people are going to say. People, people are going to say to me, "Oh, just well, one thing, just one thing." Like he's only just played. Like they mentioned yeah. this on the main pod as well. He's only played just about four, in around five hundred minutes. Yeah, okay. as a result of injury, and, and the first, a lot the first of those minutes have been bench. out of position and off the bench as well. What do so. you say is his favorite position? What do you say is his favorite position? Though? Nine. I think in I think ideally right up top spearheading the attack as the nine, but I still like you know uh, I think you mentioned it earlier like he doesn't like being left wing. I think I don't think left wing in this structure particularly means you're out on the touchline. Like once the wing back gets up, I, I felt no, like no, it absolutely. Charleston was actually central more often than not. Exactly, Japan, like like the way that we set up sometimes it actually allows for him to kind of feed in. He, it allows him to feed into that central area because Kane will naturally want to kind of drop. Like so many times on the weekend, actually, like that's something that I actually noticed a lot. There were lots of times mm. I was like, wait a second, why is Kane out wide here? Why is Kane in central areas here? Why is Kane deep here? Because I was like, we actually need him to receive in the ball. But when I was thinking about the way that we were playing and the players that we were playing, I in my head, it was like, maybe Kane is doing this because the players that he kind of needs to provide him those balls aren't there. So actually, he's probably going to do it himself. And because he's going to do it himself, it, it then allows for that space or frees up that space that Richarlison, who actually naturally will always kind of drift in from that left-hand side, really into that central areas. And there were lots of times when we were opening up the play, especially onto the left, where I was thinking, oh, they're passing out to Richarlison. Richarlison was nowhere to be seen. Always taking up central areas. And it was Davies who was receiving that pass time and time again in that, in that game. That's fine, but I think I mean if you like, and this is not an indictment on Kane. What I'm about to say, yeah, but Kane is he's got a good passing. He's got, I mean, it's fair to say he's got a very good passing. But he's not somebody in a 90 minute game that I need to see him trying to find his teammates. If you get what I mean, like I don't trust Kane to do what Ericsson used to do for us. If that makes any sense, like if it was. Ericsson on the ball, I know Kane would be further upfield, but if it was Ericsson on the ball trying to find, you know, the guy that's left wing creeping inside, right wing creeping inside, that I can trust more than, say, Kane. However, in saying that, from what I did see, Kane did provide some very good balls. And pause. Um... <laughs> Yeah, not getting me. I ain't Toby, people. I'm not Toby. You're not catching me. Yeah. So now he did the he did deliver some some greatness. But you're right. If you're gonna have Richarlison creeping in, Kulu creeping in, the wing backs, whoever they are, have to also do their job on the offensive side. We struggled as a as a club for the last 
10 months. Like we we've I know we had that great end to the end of last season, but outside of that, Jesus, we've we've looked absolute dross. And it's just been a hard, it's been such a hard watch, people. Hard bordering on impossible to even watch us play football. So going into this Chelsea game, I'm gonna be brutally honest. I'll be honest with you, I don't see us beating Chelsea. And that's not because of how we're playing. I, I generally think we're going to get clapped. And Chelsea don't even look good. Does Richarlison start? Oh, he has to. I he agree. has to. There's, there's, no, there's no formation that should be accommodating Son. Son should be coming off the bench. Period. Right now, I agree. I agree. And like, just to go back to your, pre- your previous point, like in many respects, I actually kind of understand why Kane is doing what he's doing because in an ideal world, in a Conte system, that's exactly what you want. You want a situation whereby you have your three central defenders and your two double pivots covering those central zones. Then you have your fullbacks covering those channels, meaning you are now pushing in your striker and your two like attackers almost in field, almost in a way that Richarlison and Kulu like to do. With actual functioning fullbacks, you're going to be able to reap off that. And actually, someone like Kane, someone like Richarlison will probably be happy. They'll be happy with that because they're going to, again, one of the biggest positives about playing 3 4 3 or 3 5 2, however you look at it, is that you get the ball in a lot of central areas and it it means that you can get on the ball a lot. It, it, it's, a, it's like a high possession, high sort of volume kind of formation. When you have limitations with your personnel that are acting out these different roles, especially in the fullback areas, of course it's going to force people like Kane to, to change his role up a bit. Of course it's going to force someone like Richarlison to change up his game a little bit. I feel that whilst it's harsh because Richarlison hasn't hasn't scored, and no matter what people say, it's going to be a monkey that he has to get off his back because you don't pay sixty million for a forward. To not get any goal returns, I'm sorry. It, we can't like run. We can't run from that. But I do agree. In many respects, he's not been he's not been played in his favorite position, and actually, because of his injuries and lots of different things, stop and start of the season, it has made it's been difficult for him. But this weekend, this is the kind of game I feel like he has to rise it because. We have nothing to lose against these men. Oh, I think we do have a lot to lose. Um, I, I really want us. I, I need us to just show out against again, again another top six team. I know we showed out against City, but that seems to be a win every season at home. We have some weird juju, and then we, I, we used to in recent seasons even start beating Chelsea at home, and now that's just faded off um, again in the last like two three years. Um, just before I preview it a little bit more, um, you reminded me with Emerson Royale's news that uh, there's obviously some uh, more news in the actual NSO camp. So, I just want to say a quick congratulations to Ira, who's um, just said new baby daughter. Congratulations to Blacklisted Jack, who's been married. I'm actually quite glad I'm saying this. It was half an hour into the pod because if they acknowledge that in the group chat, it means that they've listened to the pod. Um, but yeah, either way, congratulations to them guys. And for Chelsea, uh, who plays left wing back? Because um, I've got to say, Ben Davis actually played well, but um, based on the team, Ben Davis would be going up against Sterling, right? Sterling's back from injury. Correct. Yeah. I think they've well, been leaning on Medellin. That would be, yeah, Sterling, most probably. Jesus Christ, absolutely not. It's going to have to be Perisic. Nah, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I mean, at this point, at this point, I think Perisic is playing in a way to disgrace his family. Like, I, I can't understand what this guy's doing at the moment. Like, it's, he, to be it's, fair, he did okay at home to Man City it's, it's so after getting Owen. disgraced away from it's home. And he so got bad. disgraced. Like, oh, he only played for like 10 minutes. He got absolute disgraced. Against his <laughs> like, it's, it's so bad right now. I, like, I'm trying to see what are the positives for this guy. Like, outside of his assists, 
The guy is a turnover merchant. And from a defensive perspective, he is absolutely garbage. I, I, I'm not even going to hold back on that front. He's absolutely garbage from a defensive perspective. So right now, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, bro, what are you offering us? Like, I'm, I'm looking at it maybe like, okay, we dropped him because uh, load management. You know, we've got a lot of games in, 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 in quite a few, uh, in quite a short period of time. And to be honest with you, being his age and stuff like that, it's probably quite difficult for him to play the games that he's been playing. But even then, for the time that he was, oh, man. Oh, man. I don't even want to speak. I don't even want to speak on this matter anymore. Like I, 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 I'm so I'm this close, this close, from saying this man is finished at Spurs. Like I'm, I'm honestly this close. Who Perisic? Yeah, oh, I'm honestly this. Oh close. no, he's he's. But I think this summer, I think he'll probably have to go. Yeah, yeah. Per- Perisic is unfortunately that World Cup came at the wrong time because he's, yeah, yeah, no, oh, no. He's used yeah, up, you're absolutely right. You're he's absolutely used up everything. Right. He has nothing left in the tank. He has nothing left. Like, like he, this guy. He's he, he, was, he came back early from that World Cup. Yeah, it doesn't matter, bro. His legs, his legs are gone, bro. He, he, listen, as a, as an elderly man myself, yeah, I know, I know the look of a man when their legs are gone. <laughs> his legs are gone, brother. Yeah. I saw, I saw one run. Which game was it? Even in the city game, I, w- I rewatched that one. So I'm watching it, yeah. And there's, there was one attack from City, and his first five steps, he was treading water. I said, "We are in trouble here, bro. This guy, he everything. His entire tank is on empty. Yeah, like yeah, fine. We can keep him. But hear me out. We can keep him, but he has to be on limited time <laughs> till he retires. That guy could play one game a month. That's it." He's got nothing else in the tech. So yeah, you're right. It might actually have to be Davis. We're stuck. No, no, no. Look, looking at it now, it hundred percent has to be Davis. hundred percent has to be. Fair enough. Um, I think a lot of the team, or the rest of the team, makes its own, um, makes its own mind up. It's quite self-explanatory there with Richarlison, um, hopefully starting as well. Can I just say something here? And this, this is why this is actually why I want Conte gone immediately, like as of today. Granted, yeah, this kid may have been injured and all that jazz. Yeah, take that aside. We have gone this whole season playing, forcing, allowing Hoybier to to don our shirt. It's the most disgusting move we've ever done as a club to allow this guy to be known as a Spurs player. Horrendous. You mean to tell me? They would like we skippers come back into the team. We know what skip is. He's a DM. Yeah, I said this last season. He was our only DM last season. In fact, he's still our only DM this season. You mean to tell me at no point Conte thought, you know what? I'm gonna allow Skip to be the man that he is and play that role and pair him with Ben 10. But no, he decides to pair Ben 10 with this Viking that can't move can't even turn so because of that alone and I, I hope Conte and any of his family members hear this stay in Italy don't come back bruv yeah don't come back at all stay there yeah don't in fact don't come back to managing retire call it a day because this is trash I can't be, any man in their right mind at least with at least with Jose yeah he had no choice but to play Hoybiak because Ndombele didn't know whether he wanted to play football or not or eat chicken and chips. He, he wasn't sure. And the equivalent was Sissoko or Winks. Oh, my God, for the love of Jesus Christ. What has this club done for me? You know what? I've realised. I've actually realised something. I've made great decisions in my life. Probably like 95% of the decisions I've made since the age of 12 fantastic but the five percent bad decision i made was supporting tottenham hotspots because jesus what club does this to its fans what club in its right mind does this to its fans hoibiak sissoko winks have all donned our shirt in the last eight years disgusting 
Mm, I'm seeing a lot of apologies for Winks recently, so let's let's no, not be too hasty. Owen, 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 Owen. That's crap. Cool what? down there, brother. I didn't say anything. This guy just pulled out Mourinho prop. You don't think that didn't go unnoticed? Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah, he's deflecting. He's deflecting. He's deflecting. He knows what he's on. Hey, hey, Owen. That that wasn't even that wasn't even Jose Pot. Yeah, what you're trying to do is give. You're trying he to give def- Winks. It definitely was. You're trying to give Winks the props for for the the slowest. You were giving Mourinho excuses in my again. life. That comp was awful. Like I saw, I saw a man turn, look at the stands, get a mirror out, check his hair, and then pass. And you want me to rate that comp? Please, brother. Please stop that. You're better than that. I I didn't say anything. I'm just saying what the people were saying. That's uh, I, I've I've saying. heard that Sampdoria like the look of Winks. Keep it that way. Take him, cool. please. Take yeah. him. We don't need him back in North London. Twenty million. They're not even. They can't pay that. Like, if, they're not, no matter. I'm not gonna ask for twenty million for him. Owen, Owen, he's a twenty-six-year-old with, I think, two or three years left on his contract. That's if it was another English club, maybe. But that's a, a twenty million pound player. That's a that's a twenty million pound. We can't player. even get rid of Lacelso or and or Dombele for that much. Do you do you think we could sell him for um? For Argos card, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll take because you can get some real good deals from Argos. I'm sure they'll take that because we need to get rid of that boy. He is trash. Like I know, I know that Toby likes like Hoiberg is his favorite player. But moving forward, guys, we not only have to question the kind of players that Toby likes because he's 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 in a bad bad run of form. Like Hoiberg. Stinker, freaking Richarlison, sixty million hasn't provided a goal. It's looking like need help. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For me personally, there needs to be a very good revamp moving forward. But we'll see. We shall see. Fair, fair. Just to wrap up, uh, our predictions on the Chelsea game. Obviously, we've got Sheffield United away in the FA Cup before we next record as well. Um, I've got to say, for the Chelsea game, I'm, I'm not actually that confident either. But what do you think the score will be? How do you even think we should set up for the game? Like, Obviously, we're at home. Do we pro- be proactive again? Or do we play it more like we did against Man City and kind of invite the pressure on a bit and then just clinically counter? I don't think we can handle Chelsea inviting. Honestly, I don't. I know we did with Man City, but we we just we just know how Man City play. Chelsea have gone and bought eleven new kids. Yeah, we don't have a clue of, as to like six of them what they're about. Mm. I, I don't know, man. I me personally, I'd like to say we'd be more proactive. But Spurs being more proactive just means we're going to concede more goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because it's probably true. <laughs> like, when we're functional, when we're actually functional, we don't concede anything. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody covers their zones. They play in a way that is smart and it's for the team. The minute you try asking guys to start doing things that they're not comfortable with doing and start being proactive, all of a sudden, gaps open up. Like, mm-hmm. we all know someone like Hoybier, for instance. He loves chaos ball. But why is it that when it's chaos ball that, you know, that he's in, that's where he's most comfortable? I don't want chaos ball. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't see us getting a win if we're looking to be uh what's it quote unquote proactive um if, i don't know if i'm totally I think honest it'll be a draw either way though to be honest we, i think we actually have to set up like we did against man city when i think yeah. about it that i think that is actually the smartest way because when i've looked at the few games that the last few games that i've watched of chelsea one thing that i've always been kind of funny about them is that they just have an inability to break i think they have an inability to break teams down um, whilst they have like a decent high volume passer now in Enzo, 
They've got some real good dynamic pieces in Felix. In Felix and Mudric, who hasn't really hit the ground running. They they do find it one difficult to build attacks, in my opinion. I mean that Chelsea might find Chelsea fans might say differently, but I feel like that's something that they've really struggled with. And especially in the last two games that I've watched, they do struggle in the transition, defensive transitions. I look at the game against West Ham, Bowen and Antonio were constantly getting themselves in the channels to create situations that their defenders weren't really comfortable with, even to the point where they actually changed some of the defenders in, in the game. And then when I watched them against uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund in the week as well, yeah, sorry, Dortmund last week, you know, obviously the main goal that they conceded was from a crazy transition, like from a set piece. But there were lots of chances that Brandt, lots of chances that Dahoud, lots of chances that uh, Karim Adeyemi were able to create where they weren't able to cover themselves in glory from a defensive position in transition. So I feel like if we set up in a way that actually allows them to somewhat not come onto us, pause, but allows them to to have the ball in areas that we don't mind them having the ball, the minute that we can maybe use the ball when we get it, we have to make sure that we use the transition to our to our advantage. And players like Kulu, players like Richarlison, players like Emerson to to a to a degree, you know, these are guys who are happy to do the running. And even Son as well when he's like playing in that sort of way. So I feel in my opinion the best way to set up would probably will probably be in a like a functional way like we did against City. Um just to try and make sure that we can start off from a defensive perspective solidly. So high press, uh sorry, not high press, but a uh a focused or a frequent press in our half. Um lots of people on the ball, lots of people in the box, but then also just cutting off lots of passing channels, lots of passing lanes into Felix, into Modric, into Sterling. Uh, and in making their life difficult because I don't think, I don't think Cucurella has been amazing. Chilwell's just coming back from injury. Reese James has come back from injury, and right now, even those two centre backs, they're chopping and changing a lot of them. You know, if it's one week, it could be Thiago. Another week could be Fafana. Another week it could be Badia Shield. So there's definitely something that we can maybe get out of it. Like, but like Owen said, I'm not particularly confident. And actually, one of the biggest reasons I'm not particularly confident is because I actually think Chelsea against Spurs is like a mental thing now. We just think we're not going to win. And I think no matter what position they're in, they think that they're just going to win. It's a very good yeah. summary. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything that's been said. Um, mm. Chelsea are to us what we are to Man City. Yeah, it doesn't have that. And in Golo's. Kante's back in the full training now as well. Obviously, what a surprise. That match what fit, but a surprise. What a surprise. That's a massive lift for them. You know, it's sad, yeah, because I would have I would have loved for this to be El Sacchio part two. Uh, but Conte won't get sacked anytime soon. Um and obviously this is this is not like the last El Sacchio where we needed to lose. That was we needed that defeat. In this El Sacchio, we need to win. <laughs> we need to get Potter sacked. But it won't happen. It won't happen. It just won't happen. Uh that El Sac that first El Sacchio, that that was that was that hurt me, man. That was the that was the best league game of the that season. Me, yeah. I was I was even more happy because I predicted that that was the kind of beating we needed. I, I told Jack on this pod, I said, we need to get clapped. Because <laughs> Nuno had to go that following week. And like clockwork, Nuno was gone. We sent him on his Arabian nights. Haven't seen him in this country since. Yeah, that, that version of Ronaldo and, and, and Cavani, I, I basically said was finished. So yep. to be honest with you, for us to lose that game where we did, but ah, uh, like I was, I've just been reading around Chelsea this week, just the feeling around the club, what the what the players are saying, and like I don't know. When I think about this game, right, they're in a real bad run. All right, they're in a they're they're in a real bad run. I think they've won one, well, they've won once or twice since the World Cup return 
they're actually in a run of like one win in seven or something like this. Uh, and, you know, obviously this week, lots of different things came out about Pochettino apparently rejecting rejecting them because they were maybe looking at um, someone else. Uh, I feel like this is a this this match for Chelsea. I think earlier on I admit I I think I wrongly said that we have nothing to play for, but actually this match it really is a turning point for them. I think this season um, because normally they would obviously get results against Spurs, but because their form has been so bad, like you know we're talking about a team who six seven hundred million been spent on it. And they got beat by bottom of the league last week at home without a whimper, like without a whimper. You know, you look at the you look at the game, you look at it from a statistical statistical perspective. You look at it from the xG, like they didn't perform well, like at all in that game. So you're looking at this game and thinking they need to keep themselves somewhat close to the top eight at the moment. And at this point. If they lose this game, especially in the game that they've always traditionally won, you know, I can't see how it can turn around. I can't see how it can turn around for them for this season. Um, and this is why I feel like this is important for us to try and take advantage of this. Uh, but again, I just don't personally trust that our players, when it matters, when it actually means something, that we can actually pull this off. I, I, I just don't see, I just don't see it in my team. Like, I do not. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a dicey one. Um, obviously with Sheffield United a few, a uh, few days later as well, away from home, like where we may not have that much to play for in the league, depending on whether you care about top four or not. Like that's going to be a massive game going into what's going to be a busy March. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fully still expecting coming from that, and obviously using players like Dan Juma, who is probably going to be brought in for play like games like this, and potentially and hopefully even the Champions League. Like that, that's that's just a must win. Um, and obviously with that, we have a, a good run towards the end. Jay Ashraf now saying, how has Ten Hag turned United around so quick, Grace? We have regressed so badly under Conte, a more decorated manager. Um, <laughs> I mean, Tops, that's, that's your boy there, so you can probably say. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. Like, even like, I think I think Tobes really put it perfectly in the main pod, um, just gone. Um, just how he... How he feels about Conte, I think I echo a lot of what he said. Um, it feels like Conte is not only he's not only mismanaging the team, the squad, his own tactics, but when he's given the opportunity to make changes, he's either not doing it or he's doing it too late. And it almost feels like it's someone who doesn't actually care, who doesn't really, he isn't, like, there's nothing proactive about Conte at the moment. When I see him, when I when I look at the way he sets the team up, when I see the way that we perform, especially in first halves, like, and then, you know, it can be frustrating. I hate to, like, compare, and I hate to think what ifs, but, you know, we saw, and we talked a lot, we talked heavy on what we thought, you know, Ten Hag was able to do. And you look at Ten Hag now, and, you know, not to wax lyrical about Man United, but, Already, you can you can see a lot of his tactical principles, his fundamentals already been put in place, and this isn't even a guy who even has all the personnel. You know, he's getting players playing well, and the ones that he is, he's getting them to be functional. You know, you look at Bruno; that's a high A to Z type player, and now you can see him; he's functioning in a way that suits him and it suits the team, and it's really working for them. You know, like they're still in four competitions; they've just beaten Barcelona at home. Um, you know, they're performing really, really well. And you look at them and you're like, actually, okay, I can see his imprint. I look at Conte's team now and I'm just like, you're a three-five-two manager. You're a defensive-minded, mid-block, automated coach. Can I see that in our style of play? At this point, I cannot. And if I do see it, it's in brief flashes. And it's a shame. Can I just um, say, 
yeah, yeah, go. That I can't believe I'm going to do this to defend Conte, yeah. But Ten Hag has done a good job, great job, depending on how you want to look at it. But after the Brentford defeat, investment was put in. Nearly, what, 200 million? They bought Casemiro for 70, Anthony for 100 million. Literally, within the space of, of them losing to Brentford 4-0, what was that, the second game of the season at that point? And the club were like, nah, we're just going to do that. However, yes, I know we won after opening two games or we won and drew against Chelsea. But anyone, anyone with a brain yeah, could have told you that this is not sustainable, playing with the likes of Dyer. This is not even a shot at this guy, but Davis at you know center back. We we needed we needed reinforcements, especially I, I know I get on Hoybier, but there was no way we were going to be a serious contender for anything with this guy in our center midfield. I'm sorry, but that's just the long and short of it. We go into the market and go get Richardson for 60 million. And this is the part where I'm going to insult Conte. We bench him. We bench him. Four, five, six games straight, we watch Son stink up 90 pure minutes of football. And we kept Richardson on the bench. And so for me, it's like, all right, granted, I do agree that Conte has, especially on this season, loads of flaws. And like I said, I want him to retire. I don't want us to give him any sort of send-off. No, actually, we should give him a send-off. We should beat him up and piss all over him yeah, for this nonsense season that he's given us as a manager. But we should also do the same to the club, the actual board. You know, we, we literally went through the whole of January chasing Poro. We know we know that fine. Poro might not even be ready for the league if you want to look at it like that. You know, you gotta kind of ease him in. Doesn't play against um Man City. We win. Um the manager then decides to play him against Leicester. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like this is what I'm talking about. Like Cotter is taking the piss. You've just beaten Man City, and that's when you decide, all right, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna throw in this new right. Right wing back. Why don't you just keep the same team? Uh, it was in between that EC Milan game, I think. Yeah, like it's like it. Just keep the damn same team. Like, all right, whatever. Place Leicester, we get banged. We get absolutely written off the face of this planet. Poro has a disaster show. Right back on the bench. Oh, great. Yeah, we we freaking we get Basuma in the summer. Everybody's head is like, oh my god, Spurs got Basuma flip. Blah blah blah. You come out and say he's not ready for the system, so you stick with Hoiberg and Ben. Up, oh, Jesus Christ! I hate this guy. I hate his guts. I hope every last follicle of his hair falls out again. He needs to be bold today. Yeah, I'm, listen, I've had enough. Get rid of this. Get rid of him. Get like, rid like, of him. To, like to an extent, you know, and I, and I don't go on to an extent. I, I I agree with you, but also. What's baffling me about all this is that one of his biggest, one of his MOs is that his ability to actually make not great players look good. And I said this in the group a couple weeks ago. Let's be real. Who has he improved? If we're being, if we're being so real. Only really Ben Tanker. Ben no, Tanker, no, like no. maybe to an extent he's no. improved. I think he has improved. I think he did improve no. Ben no, Tanker. No, no, he has. He has. No, we, no. Can, we, we can agree with that. He's, no. he's, an, he's improved Ben Tanker. No, I think... because Ben Tanker, this is, I'm, I'm actually going to defend Ben Tanker. Yeah, and I'm not going to give it to Conte because Ben Tanker, up until the season we got him, yeah, was one of Juventus's like, like guaranteed players on their, on their actual team. There was like a two-season period where he was, he wasn't great in terms of goal scoring and what he's done this season. Yes, fine, yeah, but his role within the Juventus team was solidified. Nobody had anything negative to say about this guy. It was the season that we got him, where he kind of fell off a bit. I don't think Conte's improved him. I think Benton Cole just got back to his level and then pushed it further. Yeah, I don't think Conte has improved him as a player. If I'm going to give Conte anything. 
It's nothing because he's a piece of crap. Yeah, and I want him gone. I want no, him no, gone. No, no, honestly, honestly, like uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be real. Like one of the biggest things that I think his mo is literally improving players. And when I'm looking, when I, when I say improving players, I mean in the sense players who are not actually amazing, but making them look useful or effective in certain roles in his teams. And I feel like to an extent, that part of the end of last season, he was able to do that with Dave, he was able to do that with uh, Dyer, he was able to do that almost in in many respects with Kulusevsky. But I just feel like now, like I said, he's not, he's one, he's not being proactive at all. Like, I, I don't see anything that makes me feel like he's being proactive. And two, I'm just like, you're being paid this big whack to try and get the best out of these players. And whilst these players aren't, you know, your first choice or second choice or the players that you want, you know, you've always had a reputation of being able to turn some of these players or these duds into into effective, functional players. And if we're being real, like, the team should be more familiar. The team should be more... Um, they should be more used to playing in the system that he wants them to. And it's just odd because there's lots of games, especially this season, where I'm like, I don't even see what we're supposed to be doing here. I see the spacing being all wrong. I see the press being almost non-existent. I even see the combinations and movements being basically not being there. So I'm just like, what are you really doing, man? What are you doing? And, you know, this whole notion of, oh, Stellini, this Stellini, that. You know, maybe there could be even even be such a small hint of content not there. The players can maybe relax a little bit. They they maybe they're not nitpicked a little bit, and they're given even if it's five percent more freedom to be able to play. Mm. Because I feel like we've definitely seen an improvement. I I I, I mean, on the ball, I'm seeing that. You know, I, yeah, I'm gonna say that. You know, outside of the Leicester game, which Conte was was there for, I thought we did okay. Against AC, I didn't think we were terrible. I think we did okay in that way. Game one nil, fine. All we got to do is win at home in the second leg, fine. And I thought, in many respects, we did okay against West Ham. Like we we weren't we weren't amazing, but we weren't bad either. Yeah, true. Mm. I agree. All right, fair enough. Uh, I think I'll end this pod for tonight. Again, thank you, Scott Hall. Thank you, Booker T, for for joining me on another new Spurs Order pod. On to Chelsea and come on, you Spurs. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.